0: I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportstownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the Peon Air network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast Podcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. Bulls. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportstownChicago.com scoreboard update.
1: I'm Brandon Januska with your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Bears defense woke up from their hibernation and had a statement game generating four takeaways in a 2017 win over the Bengals. But the bigger news was the extended playing time for Justin Fields. After Andy Dalton left the game with a knee injury, Fields finished the game 6 of 13 passing for 60 yards and an interception while adding 31 yards on the ground. When asked today about who the starting quarterback would be if Dalton is healthy, here's what head coach Matt Nagy had to say.
2: Andy is healthy as he Ah, oh, That's something that I'm not going to get into with Scheme. What's that Scheme? Of course, of course, it is. That, that's that's a hundred percent scheme, Brad. That's a hundred percent scheme.
1: Nagy later clarified through Bears PR that Andy Dalton is the starter when healthy, according to Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. And in baseball, White Sox win seven-two over the Rangers, taking two of three in their weekend series and bringing their magic number for the division title down to four. Socks send Carlos Rodon to the mound tonight to begin a three-game series with the Tigers. First pitch is at 540, and the Cubs have a new rookie home run record after Patrick Wisdom hit his 27th home run of the season to break Chris Bryant's rookie mark from 2015. Wisdom's home run helped the Cubs beat the Brewers yesterday 6-4, snapping an 11-game losing streak for the Cubs to the Brew Crew. This has been your SportsTownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Blow the whistle!
0: Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Brandon Stats Januska. The White Sox are all in. They need to at least
1: make it to the American League Championship Series. And even that might not be enough.
0: Tyler Butterball Beautiful.
3: Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine. Now DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8%
0: from three-point. That's pretty darn good and David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out there with no more than three losses. Like, they're they're going into conferences where they're going to get slapped. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowT Whistle1. That's blowtwhistle one And now, here's Brandon, Tyler, and David.
3: That is right. You are listening to Blow the Whistle, the greatest sports radio show known to mankind. And as always, I am Tyler Buterbaugh, along with Brandon Janoska, and David. Yet again, is not with us today. He slacking, had s- little slacker today, but I mean, he had a nice vacation, so well. He'll be very. He'll be. We'll be putting him to work uh, starting tomorrow. That's for sure. Uh, just a quick shout out to all the uh, listeners on the Under the Hood podcast. Thank you again for inviting us in to share you guys what we can do here. So uh, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to do two segments on the Bears. We're going to start off talking a little bit about the defense. And then we're going to move on to the uh, Bears offense. And then, as always, and you guys always know, we're going to do the greatest segment ever. You're killing me, Smalls. And then we're going to end up the first hour with just a little recap of the rest of the NFL. And then going into our number two. We're gonna talk college football. And then we're we'll only doing an hour and a half today, unfortunately. And then we're gonna end it off with some baseball with some White Sox and Cubs. So, Brandon, you ready? Yeah, a lot to get into. All right, let's do this. So, starting off, the Chicago Bears win at Soldier Field 20 to 17 against the Cincinnati Bengals. And Surprisingly enough, since we're gonna talk defense, we're gonna start off with defense. And like you said in your update, Brandon, the Bears had four take the Bears defense had four takeaways in yesterday's game. Three interceptions and a fumble recovery. And one of those interceptions got back for a touchdown. We're making it um Roquan Smith's first ever NFL touchdown. So that was a great milestone for him. And a question that I have for you and to the listeners is. Is has Sean Desai, new Bears defensive coiner, gotten somewhat a hold on this Bears defense, or is this just not an even matchup? Let us know what you guys think on your on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at blowtwhistle whistle one. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one. I'm gonna say I think week one, I wasn't I mean, granted, the defense looked absolutely horrible, but it's a rookie de- uh, rookie defensive coordinator, like first year as a defensive coordinator. There was gonna, I kind of pictured some struggles, but coming around week two in yesterday's game, the defense did look much better. I, f- I feel like basically every player and uh, stepped up. The key players, like Eddie Jackson, we finally saw so- some pro- uh, production from him because he did not look good at all against the Rams uh week 1 and then we even saw a Khalil Mack sighting. He got one of the the four sacks in that game and then just overall the defense just kind of looked um just a lot more on sync and kind of just knew what they were doing. So Brandon what did what how did you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean I I don't know if it's so much Sean Desai changed anything from week 1. I think it was more so just the fact that It was embarrassing in week one. The team, the players were embarrassed. Sean Desai, I mean, he was obviously embarrassed his first time as defensive coordinator. That was his first game last week against the Rams, so... it it was an embarrassment and having to come back and play at home. It was really a statement game for the bears and they, they showed up. The defense showed up. They played well. Roquan Smith is the consistent guy. He had a pretty good game last week as well. Uh, There were some, some blown assignments at times, but for the most part, he's the one guy who you can rely on just about any given play, any given game. He did well. Like you said, his first career, uh, touchdown on the pick six. He also had a sack in there as well. And then a couple of other firsts, Angelo Blackson with an interception and Jalen Johnson with an interception. Those were the first of both of their careers, which we talked a little bit about this earlier. Surprised me that Jalen Johnson did not have an interception last year.
3: That Yeah, that really shocked me. I did not expect that um, when you said that. I totally... I don't know if I just totally forgot, but I totally thought he had at least one interception last year.
1: Yeah, but nope, it's that is his first, so congratulations to all of them, all the first that happened. But the big thing is they looked good. They were playing well. They seemed to be communicating well, which is a big thing. There weren't any like true blown assignments that I saw, and I loved that Duke Shelley played. I mm-hmm. thought that he should have played in Week 1. They went with Marquis Christian, who was also active in this game, but uh, they gave Duke Shelley the, the shot to play, and I thought he did fairly well. I, I like him moving forward to be uh, in that nickel spot. So I like the adjustments that they made, and I thought that, yeah, just, uh, maybe it was just the adrenaline of coming back home after being embarrassed. They had to step it up, but... This is the Bears defense we were used to, that we were expecting. And one last shout-out to Eddie Jackson, too, after he was probably the most criticized player <laughs> yeah. on that Bears team last week. He came out, and he had himself a game.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, going off real quick of what you said, Eddie Jackson, yeah, just made a complete statement. Glad that he didn't let the criticism get to his head because, I mean, we know that happens a lot to players where it, they get a little too much. Like we, the good example is uh, Mr. Bisky, where he needed the TVs turned off because they were talking too much smack about him. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. I and going with what you said about Duke Shelley, I was really glad that they decided to put him at the nickel. And I remember we were talking about this, like should they be uh, after uh, the atrocious Week One game is are they going to make some adjustments are they going to like move players around and try different uh guys around which it looks like they did for some of them and I'm glad they did that because this to me this defense is still something to be fixing up here like the secondary still needs uh work which I'm going to bring up a possible uh signing that I've heard rumors of and I'll get your opinion on it but yeah there's just a lot of hole. there's still a few holes in this Bears defense that need to be fixed. And yesterday's game was a huge match, like huge statement for them to just kind of show what they can do. And that was looked really good for Sean Desai. And uh, just a quick thing I wanted to throw out there, just because I read this this morning, was with the Bears secondary troubles, does Chicago give good old Richard Sherman a call <laughs> and bring in some veteran uh veteran cornerback cornerback into this team? I know he's a little up there in age, but do you see that as a possibility?
1: I don't. Okay. I, I don't think they would. Could he help? Yes, he could help them out. But I think at this point, they're trying to get some, some, help, some reps for the other guys, for the younger guys. Give Vildor his reps. Give Duke Shelley his reps. Christian even when he comes in. I, I just I feel like there are other needs that the Bears have over that position. Yes, they could use another good guy, but is Richard Sherman that guy who's gonna take them to the next level? I don't think he is. He could help, but is he really gonna be that big of an upgrade where he's worth all the other things that I've heard about him? Like he he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would necessarily gel and just fit right in with this defense.
3: No, I, I mean, I'm totally with you on it. I agree. I don't think the Bears do it. I don't think they should do it because if they were willing to give up a young talent away for of a uh, Kyle Fuller, and there's no way they're gonna bring in Richard Sherman because Richard Sherman's gonna want a big contract, and like you said, he's he's up there in age, and I don't think he's just gonna kind of sn- slip into the the first team defense and just kind of, kind of, I don't know. I don't think he'll. How do I... I don't know even know how to explain it. Like, just, like, how he's... I don't think he's going to cope well yeah. with this team.
1: Personality-wise. And then he's also... He's still facing legal action. Possible legal That's action. Right. So, I mean, he's got five dis- misdemeanor charges, including a DUI, and criminal trespassing from what happened in July back with his wife. So... There's a lot of questions with that too. It's possible that they sign him or whoever signs him, he could end up being suspended at some point. Yeah. Now, now you just signed a guy played and two three weeks. Play. And now he's done for the year. So yeah, I. To me, there's too many question marks with Richard Sherman. I wouldn't
3: sign him. No, I agree. And it's funny because I literally just pulled something up, and it just says that apparently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have reached out to Richard Sherman. So that is interesting. See,
1: but that's a team that has it, like, he would just be an, an additional, like, buffer, an additional right. player. You want to be a starter. the core.
3: Oh, yeah. So... That it, can make sense. It,
1: it makes more sense. They don't need him. If they lose him to suspension or whatever, they're still fine.
3: Right, exactly. But, yeah, continuing back to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, the the defense... So now it just, I wonder, is... With the defense, they looked good, but they were going up against a Cincinnati offense. That brings into question, how well are they going to do against other teams? Like, they play the, the Cleveland Browns next week. That offense has been pretty solid. But now Jarvis Landry's out, so Odell Beckham needs to come back in. Yeah, How do you think they're going to match up with Cleveland, though?
1: The good news for the Bears is they were able to shut down Joe Mixon for the Bengals, who came in, he was week one's leading rusher. So the biggest biggest concern with that Browns offense is also the running game. It's Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Primarily Chubb, but I mean Hunt is just as dangerous, especially in the passing game as well. So that's the biggest worry to me. If the Bears can shut down the run and force Baker Mayfield to win the game, I think the Bears have a great chance.
3: I I agree with you on that. I totally agree.
1: But, yeah, I mean, the big thing is shutting down the run. If Eddie Goldman can come back, that would be a big help, or should be a big help. We haven't actually seen him since he opted out last year, (laughs) so it depends on how much rust there is to knock off, but he would be a big help, a big presence in the middle. But overall, they did extremely well with the run last week, so as long as they can shut that down, which is a big ask against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but if they can find a way to limit the run... They should be able to shut down Baker Mayfield and those receivers.
3: Totally agree. Their their run defense was their run stopping defense was phenomenal in yesterday's matchup. So we'll hope to see how they play against that duo, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But we're still not done with Bears talk. As we get got to see a little more of Justin Fields in yesterday's game, will we see him start against the Browns? Find out here on Blow the Whistle.
0: This is your home for sports. Portstown Joe's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Joe's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch
3: come in a bag as big as your hand, and that's just small. For more on the menu, visit Joe'sHotDogsJoliet.com, bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet.
0: At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station.
1: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov/covid19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio.
0: The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years.
3: Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and
0: television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV.
3: Be on radio. Be on
0: Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, 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 check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy Space. I'm your boy MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the club? Lillard, long range three. And it's good. Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. Sportstownchicago.com.
3: And we're still back here on Blow the Whistle and as always I am Tyler Buterball with Brandon Janoska and I Bears offense is that that's what we're going to talk about and as I said in my little teaser about Justin Fields starting in the Cleveland's matchup which we already have gotten news that he will not be but my question that I had with the starting quarterback position is: Is Nag? Do you believe Nagy is making the right call, keeping Dalton as the starter? Give us your thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. So, my opinion with Nagy keeping Dalton as as the starter, you know what I? I had mixed feelings about it, but I do believe. it. As of right now, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm still fighting myself <laughs> on it. I could see it get being a good choice because after seeing Justin Fields' performance, which it wasn't a terrible performance, but it wasn't a great performance as he went 6 for 13, 60 yards, and threw an interception that was a very disappointing interception. Like, it wasn't a good interception, as you would say. So, given Justin Fields' one more week... To kind of fit in on the reps to make sure that he is ready, I don't think it would be a bad idea. But my only thing is that they already had Justin Fields play for over more than two quarters. That is almost basically him playing the entire, almost the whole game. I just feel like at that point, because like how we've talked to Brandon, is like once they give Fields the starting spot, I don't think that they'll go back to making Dalton the starting quarterback. Throughout the rest of the season, so I almost my only thing is that you already got him to play this much. You got to see what he was able to do. Just you got it. I mean, I always I kept thinking. I keep thinking too is like just let the kid play, and just let him do what he wants to do and what do what he's good at. Good, like best, good at. So, Brandon, I want to know your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I'm the same way that once you give Fields that starting job. Let him run with it. Let him go with it. So the way I look at it, if Dalton's healthy this week, if he's able to practice and then able to play against Cleveland on Sunday, Dalton's the starter. I agree with that. I think it's the right call. He played well. He did, he did. well He did really before well. he went out. So he's shown that he deserves to be a starter. He deserves that shot. And Justin Fields, he, he showed some inconsistencies. He showed some rookie jitters. And... He's going to continue to grow, obviously, but ease him in a little bit more. At this point, that's the way you've decided to go about it. Go with it. Like, stick to it, ease him in, let him learn, continue to develop at his pace, and then eventually make that full transition. But have Dalton be the starter for now. Like, if if he's healthy, Dalton's the starter. I agree with that. If Dalton cannot go this week, that changes everything. Yes. If Dalton cannot go and Fields gets the start, let's say Fields starts this week, has a decent game and then is able to start again next week as well. It, once he gets a couple starts under his belt, don't take it away from him. He's already started to get it. He's starting to learn. Let Fields run with it from there. I know it sucks. You don't want to you never want to bench a guy because of an injury. But this is one of those where you knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Dalton knew he's he's inevitably going to give up the job to Fields. Maybe he didn't know it would happen this season. It's possible Dalton plays his full year without ever giving up that starting role. But in terms of if Fields starts to get going, don't cut him off. No, don't, absolutely. Don't, that's just asking to hinder his progression. So if Fields gets the start and starts getting his NFL career going, don't cut him off. But if Dalton's good to go this week, stick with Dalton.
3: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. And like you said about, once you give Justin Fields a starting spot, let don't cut off his momentum. Let him keep going. Because, and like you said, and we've talked about this before, is that Fields did have his little, his uh, rookie jitters, as there were a few moments where it was kind of, it was weird for me to see because I've n- rarely ever see a quarterback get called for the false start, and Justin Fields had had at least two of those where he just kind of was stepping back for the snap a little too, little too early. So, I mean, I think it was just a little bit he was excited and he was a little anxious and wanted to really show what he can do, which not uh, throwing down Justin Fields' performance at all. He – there was many – Plays that he looked good. It just was. It just wasn't. Uh, it just didn't happen for his receiver. Like he threw a nice corner route to Darnell Mooney, and I was a little shocked that Mooney actually dropped that ball when it was right in his hands. The touchdown, the possible touchdown throw to Allen Robinson, with the ball was right in his numbers, and then there was even an opportunity to Mooney in the end zone as well. That, oh, I mean. You, people can argue about it. it. To me, it looked like it could have been a touchdown, but it might have been a little too leading. But there was just—I mean, the, like so there was many good things to take out of Justin Fields' performance against the Bengals on Sunday. But there was like—and then going back to his rookie mistakes, that fumble that he got. He, granted, luckily he was able to recover from it. But just him needing to know his surroundings and just keeping protect of that ball because. This isn't the first time we've seen Justin Fields fumble the ball when getting either run like taken off or um, getting rushed by the defense. So it's just a little little things here and there that he needs to to work on. Which, like in like you said, he will grow. He will he will get much better because we know what Justin Fields is capable of. But yeah, I agree with keeping Andy Dalton as the starter for now, especially if he's not totally hurt. But I was wondering, and I was hearing this on the score earlier this morning, is that if Andy Dalton does not report back for practice, like if he's still out of practice by Wednesday, do you think that starting position is going to change? Do you think, like, Dalton has not showed up for practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Does that mean you put Fields in at that point? Because you kind of want a full week of practice for your guy going in, especially against a talented team like Cleveland. So would you still want Dalton to be called the starter if he hasn't practiced for the first three the three days of practice? Um, or would you rather think, let's so Justin Fields had a full week of practice, let's put him in?
1: I would. I, I'd stick with Dalton still, just because he's a veteran. He's been here before. He even had limited action in the preseason. So practice is still important, but it's not as big a deal for a guy like Dalton as opposed to, compared to a guy like Justin Fields. Justin Fields needs the reps. Justin right. Fields needs the practice. Andy Dalton, it's more important to get healthy and recover than it is to get a couple extra reps. So I'd still stick with Dalton. If he's if he's cleared by doctors to play on Sunday against the Browns, I'd still roll with Andy Dalton.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that too. My whole thing is just I think while – if let's say Andy doll doesn't show up by like Wednesday, I would hope to God that Nagy would kind of do a little bit more one-on-one with Justin Fields. Let him kind of like, let's do these plays, but let's do them how you want to do them. Let's do them how, what to meet your, his, uh his strengths. And I almost wonder if that is working out well in practice and Fields is looking good. I mean, I don't know. I would not be surprised and I would, If I was the coach, I'd probably make the call. Be like, you know what? I'd be like, Dalton, let's give you a little bit more rest, even though it's not a major injury. Let's give you a little more rest, and let's just let's just see what Fields can do up against this Browns defense, and just see, and like this little, if they did, which I'm hoping is that they kind of made a little tweaks to the plays, see what Fields can do, and then he's already he already had uh, his little bit of. Playing time, a lot more playing time um, on Sunday. Maybe he, I mean, he's starting to kind of get the feel of it. So, I mean, I to me, I would still be like, if Dale Dalton's not uh, by in practice by Wednesday, I would, I give it to Justin Fields.
1: Yeah, but they do still have practice Thursday too, right? So he well, still yeah. has a chance to get practice in if it's not by Wednesday,
3: right? Yeah, no, I don't know why. I've, I've, that, <laughs> that was just because whoever. Uh, was saying was say on the score was saying Wednesday, so that's been locked in my head. But no, if more more of the thing is if Dalton misses a good amount of practices this week, I would definitely consider putting Justin Fields in at quarterback one.
1: Yeah, and I, I know everyone would love to see Justin Fields play quarterback and get the start and everything, but I mean Matt Nagy's already said it is Dalton's starting job. So if he's cleared by doctors, Matt Nagy's already kind of stuck himself. In a hole, he he's committed to Andy Dalton. So if Dalton's cleared to go, it's gonna be Dalton getting the start. Yes. However, if Fields does look good in practice, it can and it was supposed to be an increased role for him against the Bengals before the injury. Of course, that expanded it even more. Right. But I do expect him to play more and more each and every week. So the better he looks in practice, the more reps he probably or more snaps he probably gets during the game.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, but yeah, so I mean, I guess at that point, it'll just, we'll have to hopefully find out. But that wraps up our Bears talk for today. And you all know, it is that time of the show, as you should all know by now, where we can unleash our frustrations on the sports world. You're killing me, Smalls. We always have things to complain about, and we know you all do too. That's why you should send them to us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one. But before we get into this madness, let's hand it off to Brandon with a sports update.
0: Back to your home for sports, SportstownChicago.com. Scoreboard update.
3: I'm
1: Brandon Janusko with your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Bears defense woke up from their hibernation and had a statement game, generating four takeaways in a 20 17 win over the Bengals on Sunday. But the bigger news was the extended playing time for Justin Fields. After Andy Dalton left the game with a knee injury, Fields finished the game 6 of 13 passing for 60 yards and an interception while adding 31 yards on the ground. When asked today about who the starting quarterback would be if Dalton is healthy, here's what head coach Matt Nagy had to say.
2: If Andy is healthy, is he your star? Ah, that's something that I'm not going to get into with Scheme. That's not Scheme. Of course of course it is. That that's that's a hundred percent scheme, Brad. That's a hundred percent scheme.
1: Nagy later clarified through Bears PR that Andy Dalton is the starter when healthy, according to Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. And in baseball, White Sox win seven-two over the Rangers, taking two or three in the weekend series and bringing their magic number for the division title down to four. The Sox send Carlos Rodon to the mound tonight to begin a three-game series with the Tigers. First pitch is at 540. And the Cubs have a new home run rookie record after Patrick Wisdom hit his 27th home run of the season to break Chris Bryant's rookie mark from 2015. Wisdom's home run helped the Cubs beat the Brewers yesterday 6-4, snapping an 11-game losing streak to the Brew Crew. And this has been your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeHonair.com.
0: This is your home for sports. Red Locks! SportstownChicago.com.
3: Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the Nasty Biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the Chicken Fried Chicken Biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken, smothered in country gravy, topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road.
0: Hello. It's speed walking day. Dorothy, you're breaking up. Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't Sisterhood beautiful? Really? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station.
2: Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed-out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on
1: sportstownchicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk
0: NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it happened. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten
3: talk.
1: And here's some things you wouldn't expect.
2: I would have never expected that.
1: Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. You're killing me, Smalls.
3: That's right. We are here for the greatest segment in sports radio, in radio in general. It is time for your killing me smalls. And just a real quick uh, shout out to all the Under the Hood podcast listeners and this is kind of new to you guys as well. I mean, you, you guys have heard us for the past few weeks, but definitely we would love to hear we would love to hear it from our new listeners and you guys to give us your uh, your killing me smalls moments cuz there's definitely definitely lots of moments in sports where we just kind of scratch our heads. So I'm going to kick this off with Speaking with the guy that always likes to tweet out at us, uh, Brian Houston, KB Mac Radio. He goes, Mississippi State and Memphis touchdown return uh, put Memphis up 11. One, two guys were wearing number four. Uh, Two guys wearing number four are on the field for Memphis. Two, ref throws in his beanbag and waves the play dead, which should have negated the touchdown. Not to mention, kid. Clearly, clearly, knee on ground, touching ball, dead. SEC refs. So basically, what he's saying that he he didn't like the the call from the SEC refs. So for KB Mack, SEC refs.
0: You're killing me, Smalls.
3: And then I'm gonna go next. Mine is gonna go out to Mahomes, but not the usual Mahomes that everyone else thinks about. Not Patrick Mahomes, the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league right now. I'm going after his little brother, Ch- Jackson Mahomes. I don't know if you guys all saw, but I mean, obviously. So Kansas City lost to the Ravens, 35 to 36, in last night's game. And there is a video of Jack. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna post it on our social media for you guys to see. There is a video of Jackson Hayes. He's sitting up in his little. Sweet Booth, and he dumps water on a Ravens fan. Jackson Hayes, I mean, I'm sorry. But I mean, first off, that's just super unclassy to do in to begin with. That is just sore loser attitude to do towards the other team. And the, the thing is, buddy, you're not even... The only way that reason that you're relevant is because your older brother just won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. And now you're trying to make yourself relevant. All you do right now is just post TikToks, okay? You're posting TikToks to get clout from your brother because you're posting it at your brother's game. So just kind of doing all of that and acting like hot shot. And it obviously it's just of the other complete trash just doing that to the opposing fan base. So for that being case, Jackson Mahomes.
0: You're killing
3: me, Smalls. It was just absolutely unclassy. I yeah, was uh, not big on it.
1: Unacceptable, too. I mean, there's no reason for it. No. Yeah, okay. The Chiefs lost.
3: Get Move over it. Yeah. It's week two of the NFL, okay? <laughs> the Chiefs are going to be totally fine for the rest of the season. Just you don't have to pull out some crap like that. So.
0: Yeah.
3: Brandon, unacceptable. I'm excited about yours, Brandon. All right. You go next.
1: All right. I mean, there's no one one else else here. here. So,
3: okay. okay, Unless David wants to call (laughs) in.
1: (laughs) All right. So, I guess I'll go next. (laughs) (laughs) And mine is going after the NFL. Particularly, one specific rule that they decided to put an emphasis on enforcing this year. That's right. I'm going after Taunting the taunting Thank you. penalty because there's no reason for it. There is no reason that these guys, I mean, okay, yeah, if there's excessive taunting and things like that, that's one thing. But, I mean, let the guys show emotion. Let them play the game. Like, are they too sensitive and too, like, it just kind of hurt their feelings that, oh, hey, you just scored a touchdown. But, hey, he, he made fun of me because I let him score. Be better. Do better. Like The taunting penalty, it's so dumb to begin with in terms of, okay, so you likened it to baseball earlier. Yes. People bat flipping and stuff. Yeah, there's a crowd that doesn't like that, obviously. But at the same time, it's like, does it affect you? Right. If anything, it should make you want to be better. It's only a matter of time, though before a taunting penalty impacts a game, has a big impact on a, a meaningful game. Like, once teams are starting to clinch playoff berths, things like that, it's a matter of time before, and it's a stupid penalty. Uh, it's, it's, you it's got to go on to the guy, but it's a matter of time before someone, overcome with emotions, gets a big sack or a big stop on fourth down, on third down, whatever it is and they just celebrate a little too hard and they get flagged for that penalty it's an automatic first down and their team ends up losing the game maybe missing out on the playoffs it's a matter of time before something like that happens
3: yeah i it's it's just such a stupid stupid call like and like like how, how i was saying earlier about like in baseball they allow it and i'm not going to say that that uh, football players are a little bit tougher than baseball players, there's definitely baseball players that are tougher than football players. That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's playful fun, just chirping back and forth to each other. It's like everyone talks smack. That's that's the point of baseball or point of sports. In sports, you just talk smack with each other. So I know I, I hate this taunting rule. I'm really hoping they change it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. Total agreement. I thought it was dumb when I heard the announcement that they were going to be enforcing it harder, and it's still a dumb rule. It's dumb to be enforcing it. If anything, it should be just thrown to the wayside because it's stupid. Like Yeah, I get if you throw the ball at someone or something like that, the excessive celebration, but really that's that could be just unsportsmanlike conduct. Just call it call it as it is. Yeah. If right. you get over excessive, unsportsmanlike conduct and go from there. Uh, I guess technically taunting is unsportsmanlike conduct. That's the classification that it's in. But but the point is, like, if it's excessive to that degree, you're throwing equipment or, like, you throw the ball at the other guy or step on him or something like that, that's one thing. But if you're just celebrating a big play in a big moment, read the room. Come on. yeah, <laughs> Referees,
3: no. read the room. If it's a huge moment, let the guy celebrate. Exactly. I mean, like exactly like you said if it gets to that point where they're throwing stuff at each other then call the penalty of course you, we want to have football is meant to have, be fun like of course we don't want these guys to ruin the fun by throwing crap at each other but like a little thing like uh you got a receiver that beat their cornerback and got a touchdown if he just goes like oh i got to be quicker than that 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 that's fun that's just funny and you know what and like you said Brandon that's just going to – I mean, I hope that goes in the mindset of the cornerback. Be better. Just yeah. get better then. That should just kind of motivate you to just be like, okay, I got to step in my game now. Not like, he hurt my feelings. Like, I, I, I'm i mad. And then it's going to – and then that costs the the offense. To Sean Gibson. Yeah. yeah he
1: was called with it. He was uh, like waving at the guy on the ground and got called for it. Ended up being an automatic first down when the Bengals would have been forced to punt. So, again, it's a matter of time where it really impacts a game. Yes. But for now, to the NFL for just an unnecessary rule, in our opinion at least. I mean, let us know what you guys think. But in our opinion, an an unnecessary rule. So, NFL for putting greater enforcement on the taunting penalty, I say to you,
0: you're killing me, Smalls.
3: No need for it. No, no need for it. It just ruins the fun of the game. But, unfortunately, that wraps up our you Killing Me Smalls for today. Up next, there were a lot of exciting games that happened over the weekend in the NFL. There was one in particular that could be considered the game of the year. Find out which game that was here on Blow the Whistle.
0: This is your home for sports. Longtime fans, sports is like life. SportsTownChicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill, located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now, come later. Hey, come now and later. We never close at White Palace Grill, located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber E or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I can see your wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major league baseman? baseman? Maybe a point guard for a national championship?
1: The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
0: Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and luxbarbershop.com. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone i the one that jaded you.
2: A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD.
0: Old Sport Radio with Pat Riley. The Bears... In my opinion, are not a storied franchise anymore. They are a laughing stock because of the way that they handle their business and the way that the team up north has dominated them for my entire life. Wednesdays from three to four p.m. on SportstownChicago.com.
2: Yes, indubitably sport.
3: We are back here on Blow the Whistle. Man, I just love that music. It just makes my Sunday so much better. But the game, in my opinion, game of the year Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore takes it away 36 to 35. And it was just an absolute shootout by both teams. Patrick Holmes, 24-31, 343 yards, three touchdowns. And Lamar Jackson, 18 for 26, 239 yards for a touchdown despite two interceptions. So a question I had for you guys and the listeners, as you guys, it's just me and Brandon in the studio. I can just happens. But the question I have is, will Lamar Jackson be able to continue to take over for the Ravens despite the running back issues. Give us your thoughts here uh, on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at blow T whistle one. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one. So I got to say Lamar Jackson did definitely take lead of that offense going up against a tough Kansas city chiefs team. And with, we know that the Ravens have been having some struggles with their running backs as their two top running backs go, both go out uh, with injuries and, and now Lamar Jackson being their leading rusher with 107 yards as well as uh, his 239-yard passing game, is it going to – do I think that it's going to catch up to him and he's not going to be able to do both? Yeah, I mean, Grant, he's a freak athlete. I mean, Lamar Jackson's a freak athlete. But, I mean, you can't rely on one guy to do the passing game and the running game at the – Every single game. So, I mean, I'm not saying this game was a fluke. I think Lamar Jackson definitely uh, showed up and performed very well just with his skill set that he can do with the passing and the running. It's just I don't think that we'd be able to see this kind of Lamar Jackson every single game.
1: Yeah, he's going to get worn down at some point this year. But, I mean, this was a game that should not have come down the way it did. The Chiefs, they had it. They they let up. They got cocky. I don't know what it was. The defense started to let up, and Baltimore was able to get back in it. And you, like you said, Lamar Jackson just kind of took over, did his thing from there, and was able to essentially will his team to a win over the Chiefs. So a huge win, an emotional win for the Ravens, especially after such a heartbreaking loss the week before mm-hmm. to the Raiders to come back and win against really the powerhouse of the AFC, if not the league, in the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So a huge win, a statement victory for this team, especially with all the injuries that, that we've talked about. So a huge just I keep saying huge. It, it was. It was oh, just yeah. a, a huge victory for this team to show that, yes, despite all the injuries, up to 15 different players on the IR, all the injuries, everything, this team's still going to fight. This team's going to battle. And if, Lamar, if it comes down to Lamar Jackson having to make a play, more often than not, he'll make that play. So look out. The Ravens are legit. But, again, it, they're going to need help. Lamar is going to need help. So I don't know that it's going to be sustainable for this team. I still have the Browns to win that division, but it's still, it's just a statement victory for this Ravens team to show that they're not going to back down easily. They're not just going to sit down and let the injuries ruin the season.
3: No, totally agree with you. And I still, I still agree with you on the Browns taking over that division, but definitely a statement game for the Ravens. Another game yeah. I wanted to talk about... Friend- real quick oh, before no. we
1: move on, though. That is Mahomes' first loss oh, yes. in the month of September in the NFL.
3: That, thats He was 11-0 and coming into that game. That's insane. That is insane. Crazy stat in general, like, having that yeah. record. But, yeah, getting their first loss in September. Oh, uh, insane. Sucks to take it away from him. But another game I wanted to go into that was interesting was going to a friendly foe in the NFC North the Minnesota Vikings played the Arizona Cardinals close battle between both of them. It was overall a good a really good game and it came down to the wire and Minnesota had the opportunity at what was it, a 37-yard field goal. Yes. A, a 37-yard field goal and it just goes wide right. Like a huge like definitely for us, I mean, as Bears fans that that I mean that was great to see cuz now the Bears are <laughs> number 1 in the NFC North. So that's good to see. But I mean that's got that's just a heartbreaking uh loss to lose off of a possible game-winning field goal and again, we Bears fans can know that as going all the way back to the double doink. <laughs> but I mean great, I mean the phenomenal game uh, Brandon, give me what were your takes on this game? Yeah,
1: I mean you don't expect to see that. You um, uh-uh. obviously thirty-seven yards, but more more important, Greg Joseph, their kicker, the the Vikings kicker, he hit a fifty-two yarder earlier in the game, back before halftime, in, in the second half or uh, in the second quarter, he hit a fifty-two yarder. So, I mean, every NFL kicker has the leg for a thirty-seven yard kick. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in the league, right? But I mean, he just hit a fifty-two yarder, and that's just That's how the game goes sometimes. Sometimes you miss. You just miss. So that's... I I don't know what else to say about it. He actually hit two 52-yarders. So he hit one in the third quarter as well. He just couldn't hit the shorter one. I mean, maybe they should have done a penalty or something, backed it up a little bit more.
3: Yeah. but Give him more back to his (laughs) his comfortable range.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, really, and this game just kind of showed what the Vikings are. They need to rely on Dalvin Cook. Yes, they, they had some good games from other guys as well. Justin Jefferson, six receptions. Thielen as well. Uh, KJ Osborne was actually their leading receiver in yards with 91 yards. But it all revolves around Dalvin Cook. Yes. Dalvin Cook is that offense. He 131 yards on 22 carries. And that's they need to be able to have the running game going. But on the other side... Kyler Murray just didn't let them have any sort of constant momentum. He just kept the ball
3: in the Cardinals' favors. He he threw for 400 yards. I, I had to read that stat correctly to make sure that's what he threw, which is absolutely crazy. I got to say something weird, though, is ESPN has got the numbers a little mixed up because it says Kyler Murray's passing – In general, is 300 yards, but overall, as a team, 371 yards. I don't know who else threw for negative yardage, but (laughs) (laughs) that, I mean, that ESPN, you got to go fix your website. It's a little messed up. Yeah, yeah. But Kyler Murray, no, man, like this one play, and we were were talking about it earlier of him extending the play and him just doing like a Houdini, Patrick Mahomes uh, s thing, just scrub. Escaping the pocket and running to his opposite direction towards the, the left sideline, and just chucking it downfield and getting a guy wide, finding a guy wide open, it's just—I mean, he was wide open, obviously. I've, there was no one around him, but I mean, just the fact that he was able to get that angle and throw it—it uh, was—it was ridiculous. But so now the Vikings go zero two, start off their uh, season zero two. Uh, technically they're in the last of the NFC North. We'll, t- we'll have to see who will get, also go one-on-one one with the Bears. We'll, we'll preview that game in a little bit.
1: Maybe they'll tie, and the Bears will stay alone in first. <laughs> I'll I be okay with that. Kings <laughs> of the North. Packers,
3: Lions, tie. <laughs> and then, since you were talking about Dalvin Cook, just dominant uh, running, we're going to move on to the Titans and the Seahawks. Titans win against Seattle 30 to thirty. Thirty-three to thirty, and another familiar face. Running back, absolute dominant. Derrick Henry rushed for one hundred and eighty-two yards, two hundred and forty-seven, I believe, scrimmage yards total. Yes, it's just he, another running back that you cannot stop, and that the, like that that this team just knows like where their offense can, like needs to go to. But I didn't get really a really chance to see this game, but. Brandon, you were saying that this game was kind of more towards Seattle's, but then Seattle just kind of blew it?
1: Yeah. I mean, Seattle was up 24 to 9 at one wow. point. So, I mean, at halftime, 24 to 9 was the score, Seattle in front. And then Derrick Henry did his thing, and he just took over that game. Like you said, 237 yards from scrimmage, he had 182 yards rushing. On 35 carries. He's a, that's an average of 5.2 yards a carry. And we saw this time and time again last season. There's a reason why this guy rushed for 2,000 yards last year, which you don't see often.
3: No, it's, it's and, very
0: rare.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had... A, I don't want to say poor. Poor by his standard. He had an average, a, a mediocre week one. Yeah. The team as a whole had a... Horrific week one. Just yes, getting lit up by by Arizona, I believe it was. Yes, it was. Getting lit it up. Was. That was a
3: disappointing yeah, game. Yeah,
1: so this is another team, kind of like the Bears that we talked about. This is a team that knows their potential. That This offense, the Titans offense, knows that they're better than they were against the Cardinals. And this was a statement game for them to come back, a, a rebound game, a chance to show, hey, we're better than we were, than we played in week one. So... That's what this was, and Derrick Henry made sure that he willed his team to a win, like I said with uh, uh some of the other guys, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Derrick Henry put this team on his shoulders and said, don't worry, guys, we're going to come back. Yeah. And he, he willed his way into the end zone
3: three times and willed his team to a win. And another uh player on the Titans that I want to point out is that um, Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean – he didn't have a great uh, first game with his new team ten- in Tennessee. Yeah, got ripped apart, got he, called out. Yeah. on a penalty. And but now six receptions for 128 yards. Didn't see the end zone. I mean, Derrick Henry, you're gonna have uh, to yeah, share uh, the yeah. share the end zone <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, another I mean just a great performance by him. So, Tennessee, to me, is another team that you everyone needs to look out for. And then, just with time, we're gonna let's preview NFC North matchup tonight: the Detroit Lions at Green Bay. Green Bay is the eleven and a half point favorite. This, I'm curious at how this game is gonna go, because, I mean, obviously we don't like either of these teams, <laughs> but it's gonna. I mean, with how, to me, with how Green Bay performed last week. I mean to me it's hard to say if I think that was just a fluke or this 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 Green Bay team is just falling apart because I've always said is that um uh, Rodgers we know that he's not a fan of the organization he does not like the Green Bay organization so I mean some people want to say that this is considered the last dance for Aaron Rodgers but I mean I don't know I just feel like he's not really in that winning mindset anymore with Green Bay. So, Brandon, what you, what were your thoughts about, like, with Green Bay, seeing them last week, and then how you kind of match them up with the Lions tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, last week was, like you said, just a terrible game on on all facets, so offense, defense. Green Bay just didn't have it. But this is another – we saw plenty of them here on week two, just a redemption game. In the making, it's perfectly set up for just a redemption game. They're gonna come out angry. Aaron Rodgers is gonna p- come out with something to prove, especially if he wants to play again next year. Even right. if it's not with Green, especially if it's not with Green Bay, because he's gonna want to show, hey, I can still play. I still deserve a-, a big contract. He just won the MVP last year. Yeah, but if he has a terrible year this year, that that hurts his it, value.
3: It it. Takes away everything yeah, about what like, he did last oh, year.
1: Maybe he hit a wall, and, and you know he's up there in age. He's not Brady, but who is? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it, it's, a,
3: it's nearly impossible to get uh, to that yeah. man's level. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I mean, yes, I I I think the Packers do have a lot to prove, especially after their week one showing. They're better than they showed in week one, but there are still concerns. There's still a lot of discombobulation in that that locker room, it seems. And so that's going to be something to follow throughout the season against the lions. Neither of these teams have a great defense. The Packers secondary is pretty good, yeah, but overall, neither of these teams have a great defense. I see the score just getting run up and it could come down to a final score. I don't, I have the Packers winning, but not by 11. I don't have them covering the 11 and a half spread. I have them by a touchdown.
3: Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm going with you on that. I mean, I agree that it it's just gonna be a, a fairly high score scoring game. Um, as much as I'd love to see Detroit with the upset, I mean, I love upsets. I yeah. just think Green Bay or yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just controls Detroit, especially in Detroit too. I mean, well, actually, they're at Lambeau Field, so scratch that. <laughs> what I just said, but that's uh, even worse. That's yeah, even harder to oh, plant winning at Lambeau. Being being away, trying to win at Lambeau, nearly impossible. But yeah, I mean, I still won't count, wouldn't count out Rodgers too much against Detroit. So yeah. I got Green Bay as well. I'm gonna go with a touchdown as well.
1: Rodgers is also eight and zero at home on Monday Night Football. Good night. So yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> good night, ladies hey, and gentlemen. Hey, tough,
1: tough road to climb. Uh, for fantasy purposes, though, I have uh, I need Hawkinson. To have, have a good game, because that's the only player I have left, and my opponent only has DeAndre Swift left. I'm currently trailing by a point, oh. so I need Hawkinson to do better than Swift by at least a point, so that's what I'm watching the game for tonight.
3: I'm watching it for Aaron Jones. I have Aaron Jones. <laughs> I need uh, Irish Offspring, if you're listening to me, listening to our show. I know you're leading me by 15 points, but... As long as Aaron Jones, because he's got no one else left to play. Aaron Jones just needs to score just a little over 15 points. So that's what I'm hoping for as well. There you go.
1: We'll keep you updated.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> we're
1: both 1-0, right? You won last week? I am.
3: I'm right. 1-0. We're both 1-0, so, so find both... out if
1: we'll be 2-0.
3: <laughs> <laughs> David, all I know is that he is 0-1-1 because I beat him week one. There so. you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, that wraps up NFL talk. We're going to move on to college football. There is a top 10 school that can definitely be considered overrated. We will tell you who we believe it is here on Blow the Whistle.
2: I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it.
0: SportstownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the Peon Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own now. Here's your SportstownChicago.com scoreboard update.
1: I'm Brandon Januska with your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Bears defense woke up from their hibernation and had a statement game generating four takeaways in a 2017 win over the Bengals. But the bigger news was the extended playing time for Justin Fields. After Andy Dalton left the game with a knee injury, Fields finished the game 6 of 13 passing for 60 yards and an interception while adding 31 yards on the ground. When asked today about who the starting quarterback would be if Dalton is healthy, here's what head coach Matt Nagy had to say.
2: Andy is healthy as he or oh, That's something that I'm not going to get into with scheme. What's that scheme? Of course it is. That's that's 100% scheme, Brad. That's 100% scheme.
1: Nagy later clarified through Bears PR that Andy Dalton is the starter when healthy, according to Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. And in baseball, White Sox win 7-2 over the Rangers, taking two of three in their weekend series and bringing their magic number for the division title down to four. Socks send Carlos Rodon to the mound tonight to begin a three-game series with the Tigers. First pitch is at 540, and the Cubs have a new rookie home run record after Patrick Wisdom hit his 27th home run of the season to break Chris Bryant's rookie mark from 2015. Wisdom's home run helped the Cubs beat the Brewers yesterday 6-4, snapping an 11-game losing streak for the Cubs to the Brew Crew. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com.
0: This is your home for sports. is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com.
2: Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on.
0: Hey, I'm Andy Griggs asking you to help prevent domestic
3: violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands and boyfriends. So it's time for men to take action right now to teach boys that violence against women is wrong. To help prevent abuse before
0: it starts. Call the Family Violence Prevention Fund at one 800 End abuse to get a free take action kit containing tips on what to say to boys. That's
3: 1-800-AND-ABUSE. Teach early. Indeed is the number one job search user with over 250 million monthly users. Indeed's priority is to help everyone in the job searching process to find a job by uploading 10 new job opportunities every 10 seconds worldwide. With Indeed, you have free access to job searches, resume uploads, and company researches. There are over 10,000 employees at Indeed that pursue to help people find the job they are looking for. They connect with millions of people to new opportunities. Go to Indeed.com and sign up for free and create a resume and let Indeed do the rest to help you on your job search.
2: Hey, I'm Jesus Mauricio.
0: Be sure to tune in every Friday to listen to Zeus Off the Bat, a baseball talk show from 1 to 2 p.m., where I'll be discussing and updating you on all things about baseball news, predictions, reactions, and more about the Cubs, Sox, and everything across the league. Happens every Friday at 1 p.m. right here on SportstownChicago.com. Don't forget to follow and share our Twitter and Instagram with your friends at Zeus Off the Bat. Zeus Off the Bat.
3: We are back here on Blow the Whistle. Again, as always, still, I am Tyler Beaterball along with... Brian Nijanowska. And just thank you to all of our listeners from the Under the Hood podcast to tuning in and giving us a chance, <laughs> even though we've been around for a little while. So a top 10 school that can definitely be considered overrated. My question to you and the listeners is, is Oklahoma... Overhyped while their only wins were close games against really non contenders. Give us your guys' thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one. So, Oklahoma over the weekend defeat Nebraska Cornhuskers 23 to 16. It was overall a very close game. Many mistakes by Nebraska, which as being a Nebraska fan as I am, I'm not too surprised. This game was a little closer than I definitely thought it was gonna be. So that's why what gave me into the question is Oklahoma overrated. Well, in their first game, they only they scored forty five points against Tulane, but they also allowed forty points to Tulane. So and them still sitting at the number three spot, I mean I don't fully agree with that because I can probably say Nebraska is not good. <laughs> like they they they're not good. There was a drive where they had, where there was four consecutive penalties in a row, backing them all the way up, where they could have possibly they got themselves in scoring to get themselves a scoring position, but it didn't. It just it didn't happen. So that's just that's that's a whole another story of why I'm frustrated with Nebraska, but. I mean, Brandon, what do you you think? Do you think just with Oklahoma's, these two games that they've had that should, to me, should be blowouts, but they're letting these teams stick around with them. So do you think they're a little, you think they're uh, ranked higher than they really should be? Yeah, probably.
1: I mean, like you said, they're... They're keeping games a lot closer than they should. Yes, they're 3-0, and but there are other 3-0 and teams behind them that are probably better, that have been winning more statement games, like really showing their skills and everything. Oklahoma, they're getting it done, but they're getting it done in kind of a dirty way. I mean, they did drop one spot. They dropped from three to four in the AP poll. So I think they're starting to see that Oregon passed them moving up to three and and what a jump that's been for Oregon at the start of the season all the way up to three now, but Oklahoma there's, there's definitely some concerns there in how they've played these last couple of games. Like you mentioned Tulane, they, they, they run up the score and it barely come out with a victory and then letting Nebraska stay in it in, I mean, no offense to you being a Nebraska I fan, know, I'll, but I'll accept it that all. should have been a blowout. Really. Oh, It should have been. I mean, I Oklahoma was over 20 point favorites in this game and yeah, it, it really, they didn't really look like a top rated, a top ranked team against an un, unranked team. It looked like two fairly even teams throughout
3: yeah, no, it is it in the beginning of the season when I saw that the Oklahoma was playing against Nebraska, I was going to I already accepted I'm like it's going to be a blowout loss uh, to Nebraska. I already see it. But then after seeing how Oklahoma has played in these first couple weeks of the season and I mean, it's their defense is just struggling. I knew that it was going to be a closer close game but not as close as what the uh, outcome, the ending score was. But it, it was, I don't know, to me, I, I'm proud of <laughs> Nebraska keeping it, keeping it that close with a number three, now number four ranked team. But I mean, I definitely don't think that they deserve to be in that spot. But another game that I want to go over real quick, Alabama versus Florida. This was... This was a surprisingly close game, in my opinion. Alabama defeats the Florida Gators 31-29, to making the Crimson Tide 3-0, Florida 2-1 now. But in the beginning of the season, I totally thought, I'm like, this is Alabama's year to run over again. It's like, um, as I've always heard from before, and even from uh, Dustin, is that it's Alabama- And everyone else. Yeah. But for the Gators to keep it this close with Alabama is very, very impressive. And it makes me kind of open my eyes a little more with uh, Florida because it's not easy to keep it that close with Florida, especially in the regular season. Once they get into the playoffs, it's a little bit closer uh, score against Alabama. But that, I don't know if that was just kind of a wake-up call for Alabama. Like they're just kind of getting cocky and knowing we know that we're this good. And we can just kind of take it easy. But, I mean, I just think over up Florida looked pretty solid, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they definitely they battled with the Crimson Tide and made it a lot closer than anyone really thought that it should have been. Alabama was supposed to, like, just kind of handle basically everyone. Like you said, Alabama and then everyone else. But, I mean, Florida kept in it the entire game. It came down to the very end of the game. So, they... They showed that Alabama can be beat. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't beat them, but it, it is possible. There was a, a slight window there where it's like, oh my gosh, could could Alabama lose this game? Uh, but the, obviously, they didn't.
3: But do you know the last time, I know we talked about it a little oh, yes. bit earlier. Do you know the last time Florida beat Alabama? Alabama. I remember you telling me this, and I think it's crazy. Back in the Tim Tebow era, right? That's right. 2008 was the last time in the
1: SEC Championship, Florida, led by Tim Tebow, won 31-20. Again, 2008 in the SEC Championship. That's the last time the Florida Gators have beaten the Crimson Tide. So... I mean, where has been everywhere since then. He's been know, an, an analyst. He's been in the NFL as a quarterback, as an analyst, as a coming back trying to be a tight end. I mean, he's done all kinds of things.
3: Oh, he's even done baseball. Last,
1: yeah, he even played baseball. That's so, right.
3: That's that's a funny thing to see. <laughs> is from that time to now is oh, what all Tim Tebo has done, and he's done all that before the Florida Gators <laughs> couldn't beat the Crimson Tide. That is that that's a funny stat.
1: That's right. They're I, now zero and eight since that game.
3: Man, unbelievable. And then another game I wanted to go over real quick was the Auburn and Penn State game. Penn State wins twenty eight to twenty against number ranked twenty, ranks number twenty two, uh, Auburn. And I'm not surprised that Penn State won because Penn State. I mean, as much as I don't like saying it, just because I like uh, messing with uh, David, <laughs> is Penn State looks like a, a damn good team. And for them to be ranked at number 10, I totally agree with it. I, or no, actually they're ranked number six now. Um, yeah, they moved up. That was when you were talking about that there was teams that you think that should be ranked higher than Oklahoma. Again, another thing why I hate saying it. I definitely think Penn State, Penn State, just because I'm seeing this right now, Penn State and Iowa should be ranked over Oklahoma. Oklahoma to me is totally overrated. Penn State and Iowa has totally shown who they can play against and um, are better than so with Penn, that the rankings I'm i still don't agree with but Penn State up against Oklahoma Sean Clifford the quarterback 280 yards and two touchdowns not too bad for a showing but I mean overall it was a tight game I mean the uh, Penn State was having the lead and throughout the entire game but Auburn kept it close and I got to give it to Auburn for being they I believe they just made it in the top 25 um i think last week if i'm correct but um so they're showing up that they're 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 at like a legit top 25 team but i mean it's it's hard to you can't win against all these top 10 teams so i mean it's a lot closer than i thought it was going to be
1: yeah and i mean going back to penn state how great of a start this has been for them i, I mean david's talked about it. david huge penn state guy has talked about it they had a rough start to the season in terms of in terms of toughness of schedule. Yeah, having to play in Wisconsin for the opener, and they pulled that one out. Uh, easier match against Ball State uh, two weeks ago, but then Auburn this week pulled that one out as well. So to be three and zero right now is huge for this team, and uh, they have a a great chance of coming out of the Big Ten on on top of the Big Ten.
3: Oh, absolutely. I agree, and I'm kind of excited to see where they're going to go. They do have a little bit of a break as they play Villanova this Saturday, and then they play uh, Indiana, which Indiana could be a surprise.
1: Yeah, next big one, October 9th
3: at Iowa. That's That's going to be – I'm excited for that game. That's going to be one of the biggest games, I think, in that week. So that will be a fun game to watch. But unfortunately, that is all that we have to today. I we apologize for not being able to make it to our baseball segment.
1: Yeah, all you need to know, Patrick Wisdom is the new home run rookie leader, and the White Sox, their magic numbers down to four.
3: <laughs> Brandon summed it up <laughs> perfectly well. There we so go. <laughs> you guys still got a little bit of baseball, despite <laughs> us not being able to talk much more about it. But we want to thank you guys for listening, and if you didn't get a chance to listen today. You can, as always, you can always find us on Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. There's just too much, and not only on, on the Under the Hood podcast. So, and to the Under the Hood listeners, thank you again for giving us a giving us a listen and giving us a shot. Because I don't think, I mean, we know that you guys won't be disappointed. So, thank you again. But with that being said, I'm Tyler Beaterball. Brandon Januska. This was blow the whistle and we'll be back here next Monday for you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the week.